Well, this week, Christmas music, it's going to be over. I like Christmas music. Now, I like Christmas music after Thanksgiving, but I like Christmas music. Now, not everybody appreciates my style on Christmas music. I'm riding down the road the other day with Shannon, my wife, Karis, my daughter, and, and they're like, let's listen to some Christmas music. And I said, that is a great idea. So I pulled up Mariah Carey's Christmas album, one of the greatest albums of all time, and both of them said no. But they didn't know about the rule. You know the rule, don't you? If I'm driving my truck, I pick the music. Let's pray and go home. All right, so... Christmas, Christmas music, it, it doesn't depend. I mean, it depends. Like, I, I like to start it after Thanksgiving. Some people start it in October, and that's all right. If you want to backslide and walk away from Jesus, that's up to you. But, but, but I like Christmas music, but I didn't know. I didn't know um, until I do, started doing a little research that there's some Christmas songs that have been canceled. Did you know about this? Cancel culture? I'm not making this up. Cancel culture is a thing, and we hear about it all the time. And I'm, you know, at, at some point, whatever, um, when they canceled Winnie the Pooh, I kind of got a little upset because I'm like, what? I mean, how do you do that? But then they started canceling Christmas songs. For example, um, Santa Baby got canceled. Did y'all know that? Because they said it's about a woman trying to seduce Santa Claus, which I've just never had that thought listening to that song. But I'm just saying, ladies, if you're going for a man, he is a sugar daddy, all right? I mean, if you can catch him, he's Santa. I saw Mama kissing Santa Claus got canceled. Did y'all hear about this? I, mean, I think that's tragic because it, it promotes women cheating on their husband. I don't think there's a woman on the planet that heard that song and said, I'm going to leave him. Like, that's never happened, right? Um, what, else, what else got canceled? Santa Bay. Oh, baby, it's cold outside. I mean... There, I, I see what they're saying, like it promotes, like he's trying to seduce her, and she, I'm like, yeah. Okay, but here's my problem. They canceled those songs, but WAP by Cardi B got song of the year. <laughs> Double standard? Now, some of you are like, what is WAP? Just don't Google it. Don't listen. Listen, if you Google it and you get mad, I told you not to do it, Okay. It's not, you're not going to find it on the Christian iTunes charts, okay? It's not a godly song. But I'm just saying there's a double standard. Now, I switch it back around because you're like, Perry, how does cancel culture affect Christmas? Well, it's very simple. Christmas, we talk about some major themes every year. We talk about joy to the world. But for some of us in this room, this year, joy got canceled. I mean, we can sing the song, but we don't have the emotion because well, I mean, there's, there's no joy because maybe there's some, somebody that was at the table last Christmas and they're not here this Christmas. Maybe, maybe there was a doctor's diagnosis this year that you got and it, it did not bring joy to the world. We, we, we use the phrase around Christmas, peace on earth. But for some people in this room, peace is something that you've heard about, but it's something you haven't experienced for a while. And, and, and when we don't have peace pretty soon we, we start seeking it in other areas, which brings us temporary, temporary peace, but it doesn't ultimately deliver on the promise that it tells us it'll fulfill. Hope. 
Hope is that thing, like we're supposed to have hope and have hope. But then some people in this room, hope is something that you used to have. But, and I understand this, when you hope something will get better for so long and it doesn't, eventually you just kind of run out of hope. And so how in the world can we, during a time of year where people are preaching hope and peace and joy, how can we finally lock into not only are those concepts that we can sing about, but those are real things that we can experience. It's very simple. It all ties in to this man named Jesus, who was born 2,000 years ago in a town that nobody had heard of, to two parents that nobody knew, in a circumstance that looked completely chaotic and out of control. Yet here we are 2,000 years later, and his name is worshipped and praised and adored all over the world. And what's incredible is not just the work that Jesus has done in the world, but the work that Jesus wants to do in you and in me. Jesus wants to do, the, the name Jesus, just the name Jesus at Christmas means so much more than just a baby in a manger. In fact, I want to talk about three things, three things that the name Jesus means to me at Christmas. And the reason it's three is because I'm from a Baptist background. We always do three points, poem and a prayer, and we go home. All right, here we go. The number one, power. Now, there's power in the name of Jesus. There really is power. There's a song that we sing sometimes. There is power in, now you know why I'm not in the band. There is power in the name of Jesus. Like, I love that song. But, but a lot of times we think about power in regards to the Christmas story, and we think about power in regards to other people, but many of us have not thought about the power of God actually at work in our lives. So I want to walk you through this because this is fascinating. We've read the, I feel like I've read the Christmas story so many times that, that sometimes we go into autopilot, but I want us to read through it, and I'm going to provide some commentary today that hopefully will um, help us all appreciate the Christmas story a little bit, but this is just the way I read the Bible. Here we go. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel. By the way, there's only a few named angels in the Bible, and Gabriel's one of them. I thought that was kind of cool. Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin, to a, to a virgin, a virgin. In fact, I want everybody just to say that word on three. One, two, three. Yeah, if you don't know what that is, talk to your mom and dad when you leave. They would love to explain it to you. If they're your mom and dad, they're not one. I'm sorry, y'all. This is last service. I'm, I'm kind of loose right now, all right? To a virgin, virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. So she did good for herself. She got her a good guy. Gabriel appeared to her and said, now, pause, put yourself in this situation. You're just hanging out at your house. All of a sudden, you see an angel. For me, I don't know what you're thinking. I'm scared. Because in the Old Testament, when angels showed up, many times they were executing judgment. And I know some of the stuff that I've done. And so automatically, if I see an angel, I am freaked out. And Gabriel knew this about Mary. I mean, angels know, angels know this stuff. Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, th- 
that's something I would kind of like to hear from an angel. That, that would be good news, right? He goes on to say, the Bible goes on to say, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean, which is probably what all of us would experience if an angel showed up and told us this. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Now, pause. What had Mary done to receive favor from God? Here's the answer. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us all these really righteous deeds that Mary had to do and all these boxes she had to check to get favor from God. She just had favor. Another word for favor, by the way, another word for favor is the word grace, and it's something that we all have. Grace from God. Now, I know some people are like, I don't really have grace from God. Did you wake up inside this morning? Did you have some clothes in your closet? Did you have some food to eat? Did, did you drive here? Or did you, did you ride a horse? I don't think anybody, well, that'll be our like belt and campus. All right, there we go. <laughs> you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. Don't you love how God handles the details? God took care of the fact that because when you get pregnant, you don't know if it's a, it's a boy or a girl. So God just went ahead and took care of the thing so Mary didn't have to have the re gender reveal party. Because I just, really quick note, I don't want to come to your gender reveal party. I don't want to. Here, here's why. Here's why. The, I've never been to one that's really awesome. <laughs> now, some of you are like, you came to my gender reveal. Yeah, it was awful. Like, that, that's, I mean, I, for, I, went to a, I went to one one time where they got cupcakes from like cheapcupcake.com or whatever and I picked up the cupcake and the bottom was blue and I was like it's gonna be a boy and then it was a boy and everyone's like oh you're so prophetic I'm like nah it's just cheap cupcakes it's not nothing that nobody's ever disappointed like when the it's either a pink balloon or a blue balloon and by the way let me just stop and say there are two genders that's it that's it and I, hold on hold on I'm not trying to make a political statement because before the Democrats and Republicans started arguing about 37 different genders, God said in Genesis 1 that God made them male and female. That's it. So you got a blue balloon and you got a pink. I, I know some parents are like, well, I'm going to wait till they're old enough to decide. You know what? When I was four years old, I, I thought I was a giraffe. My mama didn't say, well, I'm going to have to treat you like a giraffe. She's like, no, stupid, you're not a giraffe. Shut up. So anyway... And it, while I'm on it, isn't there always somebody at the gender reveal party? There's always one person that as soon as the gender is revealed, they're like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it because my grandma told me if you took a shoehorn and you hung it over the belly and it swung this way, it was born. If it swung that, I'm like, you have been drinking the fruit punch and then somebody spiked it, woman. It, you didn't know. But God said, you're going to have a baby and it's going to be a son and you're going to name him Jesus and went ahead and handled the naming problem. That is awesome. And then he goes on to say, he will be very great, which if you're going to have a kid, isn't that what you want for your kid? For your kid to be very great? Some of you, we know your kids are great because the back of your car has so many stickers on it about how incredible your kids are. Nothing wrong with that. You'll be called the son of the most high God. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. So you're going to have a baby and he's going to be the Messiah. This is incredible news for a girl in the middle of nowhere that nobody knew her name. Understand, no, kids didn't, kids weren't named after Mary. Mary was a common name, but not like, it, like today when you say Mary, it's, it, you're named after the mother of Jesus. 
And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, this is, this is basically, don't miss this, because the metaphor is absolutely amazing. God tells Mary, I want to put something inside of you that you're going to give birth to that when you give birth to it, only I get credit. There's not a man on the planet or a person on the planet that can take credit for what I'm going to put in you and ultimately bring out of you. It's all about the power of God, Mary. Now, Mary had a question. And it was, now, just real quick, how many of you have ever been told, don't question God, don't question, don't question God? It's, it's like God's worried. God's like, like you ask him a question and God's like, oh, my, me. <laughs> Somebody will get that later. I don't know. God, the, the reason, by the way, let me just kind of go ahead and tell you a little church, a little church thing. Um, the reason you got told don't question God, it was probably by an insecure pastor who really was trying to tell you not to question him. Um, I'm just telling you God's okay with your questions. There are so many occasions in the scriptures where people ask questions. Mary had a question. Mary, the mother of Jesus, had a question. God shows up and says, you're going to give birth to the Savior of the world. And, Mary, and it was a legit question. And we, we kind of read right over it. But if we're in the situation, we got, this, we got this question too. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a... Yeah, we didn't say it that loud. Virgin! I ain't never been with a man. How... Gabriel, I'm not sure how y'all reproduce in the angel realm, but down here with human people, I got some girl parts and there's people with boy parts and the boy parts. And the, you know what? I got a picture. Y'all check this out. This is how it happens. I ain't putting no picture up there. Don't worry. I just... <laughs> Did you just shield your husband's eyes? Don't... Okay. Anyway, so this is a legitimate question, correct? Like Ma Mary is going, how, how can a virgin... Have a baby. How can a virgin? The only way a virgin can have a baby is through the power of God. And if God can bring a if God can bring a baby out of a virgin, then He can bring a miracle out of you. He can bring a miracle, a miracle. This isn't just a this isn't just a story that we read about. This is something we can experience. So Mary said, "Well, how can how can this happen?" Now, I love the angel's answer. The first three words are amazing. This is the angel's answer. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit. Pause. Now, if I was in a charismatic church, I could say, how do y'all feel about that? And all of y'all reach under your seat and break out a tambourine, and we would go to town for 20 minutes. I mean, I'm just, it would be amazing. We'd have ribbon dancers on the stage. It would be unreal. The Holy Spirit, that's how it's going to happen, Mary. But see, Mary didn't know that much about the Holy Spirit because she hadn't read the book of Luke and the book of Acts where the Holy Spirit is like really at work. She hadn't read all that stuff yet. So the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born. Let's not lose that. There's a baby involved in this process, okay? The baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. 
for the word of God will never fail. Now, let's talk about the baby being born and God's work, God's power being at work in us. Now, women, I'm just going to ask you a question. It's a simple question. How many women in the room have actually had a baby? Raise your hand. Okay, yeah. See, that's an easy question. Nobody's like, ah. I don't, there was that thing, that you know if you had a baby. Now, just, let's just kind of walk through this, and then I'm telling you the metaphor is amazing. It blew my mind. Ladies, when you get pregnant, when you get pregnant, for the most part, this is, and I, this is just from research that I've done, lots of questions. But when you get pregnant, within about a week or so, maybe two or three weeks, you just know something different is happening inside of you. Am I right? Like, like you just know something's, something's different. And some of, some of the husbands were like, oh, I realized it pretty quick, right? Because you were, you were going to Ingles to get pickles and cornflakes at 12 in the, at night. But, but you know something's different, and, and you're kind of happy about it. You're, there's some joy, for the most part, for the most part. Somebody's like, uh-oh. But like, for the most part, there's joy. In fact, you tell other people, we're pregnant. And then there's always that one awkward person that asks, were y'all trying? Oh, we were trying. Anyway, that's a, that's a song of Solomon message. We'll use that another time. But, but, but there's some joy. And, but, but then after that comes the, once again, this is just what I've been told. It's called the uncomfortable phase. Ladies, am I right? Is it uncomfortable having another human growing inside of you? Yes, okay. Because, because it, they, they grow. And then, and then you grow. And, and, and then they find that your kidney can be used as a trampoline. I asked one woman, I said, what was it like to be pregnant? She said, it's very simple. On months seven, seven, eight, and nine, when I sneezed, I peed. When I coughed, I peed. When I took a step, I peed. I was like, that sounds awful. She said it was. And then, and then I've been told, once again, this is just what's been told. When you give birth to the baby, it's somewhat painful. Would that be accurate? Hell on earth, maybe? That, that, would that describe it? Now, some ladies are like, no, you are on an epidural, sweetheart, all right? And then there's, I don't judge. I think the husband should get one too, an epidural and a shot, all right? Two shots, all right? I, I just, whatever it takes. But then, but then, when you held that baby for the first time, was it worth it? Yeah. Let's think about this for a second. The baby represents the miracle that God wants to do inside of you. And once that miracle starts happening, there's going to be some joy and excitement. But eventually, when, God begins to, when the power of God begins to work inside of you and inside of me, it gets uncomfortable. You know why? Because he starts rearranging things. He'll change some habits. He'll, change, he'll, he'll tell us to stop doing things. He'll t- tell us to start doing things. In fact, for some people, it's painful because some things have to die inside of us so that Christ can truly live. But then when we finally hold the miracle that Jesus wants to do in us, that God wants to bring out of us through the power of Jesus, it's so worth it to say, yes, God, I want your power at work in me. Which, which, leads, to, which leads to not only power, but the word of Jesus brings healing. And we all need healing. You know who needed the most healing in this story? Y'all answer that. Make sure they, 
tell him, tell him Pastor P said hi. <laughs> tell him Pastor P said hello. No, tell him right now. Go ahead. Don't try to. They, everybody around you knows that your phone just went off in church. <clears throat> you know who needed healing? Besides the person whose phone just went off, you know who needed healing? <laughs> y'all know why I do that, don't you? I just saw y'all, y'all, all y'all cutting your phone off right now. Y'all like you're cutting your phone off. Joseph needed healing. Joseph, we don't think about it from Joseph's standpoint, do we? Did, was Joseph hurt when he found out that Mary was pregnant? Yes or no? Yeah, because I don't know how they met, but just play pretend with me, okay? They met where all Christian couples meet. Chick-fil-A. They met at Chick-fil-A, all right? They didn't meet in a bar. They met at Chick-fil-A. Joseph used to go to Chick-fil-A and watch the girls go through the corral, and he would listen to their order. He'd be like, ah, I can't be hanging out with her. That's a spicy nugget girl. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's your flavor here. I mean, oh, that is a spicy nugget girl, right? I don't know. I don't know how that ties in, dear God, help me. But, but, but Joseph sees her at Chick-fil-A, and he's, he walks up to her and goes, hey, baby. <laughs> If I could rearrange the alphabet, I would put you and I right next to each other. <laughs> and she said, you're so cheesy. He said, give me another shot. Give me another shot. Give me another shot. Are your legs tired? Because you've been running around in my mind all day. <laughs> and she don't fall for any of it. It's out of pure sympathy that she goes out with him. She's like, okay, I'm going to give you an A for effort. I'll, I'll share a meal with you. Before you know it, they, they're dating. They're dating, and he goes and buys a ring. Men, is that not one of the scariest moments in your life is when you purchase the ring? Yeah. And then he pops the question. She says yes. And they're, they're, they're making the plans. They got the honeymoon plans. They got the they got the parties. They got everything planned. And Joseph's in his carpenter shop working one day. He's got a smile on his face and a song in his heart because he's getting married to Mary. And the Bible says she's a virgin, so they hadn't been shacking up or messing around or anything like that. And Mary says, Joseph, uh, it's interesting what you're building. I, I didn't want to bother you. I just got some, um, I got, some, I got some good news and I got some bad news. And Joseph's like, hey, baby, just you know what, tell me the bad news first. He goes, no, 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 I think I'd rather, I think I'd rather give you the, the good news first. He goes, okay, and she goes, Joseph, you and I are going to give birth to the Savior of the world. And he goes, okay. I like the way you think, Mary. You think big. I like that, girl. I mean, it's Savior of the world might be, maybe Mayor of Galilee, but, but Savior of the world is, is kind of big. But okay, girl, I'm with you. Um, what's, the, what's the bad news? And she goes, well, it's not really bad, but you're going to think it's bad, but you're going to need to let me explain this to you. And he goes, okay. And she goes, I'm already pregnant. Now, if you're Joseph, you don't go, praise God. <laughs> praise God. No, you're like... Was it Frank? <laughs> if that baby comes out and looks like Frank, I'm going to be so mad. Well, it was Frank, wasn't it? 
It was Frank. No, Joseph, it wasn't Frank. It, an angel, Gabriel, who is Gabriel? Hold on. Gabriel is the angel. You've been talking to angels? Yeah, okay, great, great, great. We got to get you in rehab before we get married. <laughs> I don't need rehab. I'm, I'm pregnant, but God is the father. And Joseph is like, I'm, I'm out. Let's not judge Joseph. You would be too, wouldn't you? Every guy in the room. There's not a guy in the room that would be like, praise the Lord from whom all blessings flow. This is a miracle from God. No, because virgins don't have babies. In fact, this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. Matthew tells us this. This is how Jesus Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of of the Holy Spirit. Don't you love it when Matthew and Luke say the same thing? The Bible says, I love that when it messes up. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Why? Because he was hurt. Don't miss this. When you're hurt, when you're hurt, oftentimes you will walk away from a move of God because you don't understand. When you're hurt, you'll walk away. And there's some people in this room that you've been hurt. When I say hurt, I'm not talking about somebody told you to park in a parking place that you didn't want to park in. That's not hurt. That's being a brat. I'm talking hurt. Like, you're wrestling with anxiety. Legit anxiety. Cole said this last week on stage when we were doing the Q&A. And it was, I thought it was so brilliant. He said, anxiety, and I completely agree. Anxiety, that word has become sexy. It's become sexy to say, oh, I'm just wrestling with anxiety. I just have anxiety. And when you really dig down, they don't have anxiety. It's just that, that they're not that good on their video game, and so they feel bad about it. That's not anxiety. Anxiety is, I can't catch my breath. I don't know what's happening in my life. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know if I'm going to lose my job. That's anxiety. Some people are hurt and, and, and it's, you stepped into a place of depression. I get it. And by the way, depression isn't I had a bad day. Depression is I don't know why I should freaking get out of bed. And if I do get out of bed, I'm not sure that I want to keep living. That's depression. And there are some people, listen, you can strip all the mask away and, and just acknowledge the fact, I'm wrestling with anxiety, I'm wrestling with depression, I'm wrestling with worry, I'm hurt, just like Joseph was hurt in the Christmas story. By the way, sometimes God will do something in one person's life, and it takes a while for him to do it in another person's life. I'm talking to a couple right now, I want you to listen to me, ladies. God spoke to Mary, then he spoke to Joseph. He didn't speak to them at the same time. Mary, it wasn't her job to convince Joseph. It wasn't her job to nag Joseph. It was her job to tell Joseph what God was doing, get out of the way and let God have his way with Joseph. See, if two people are listening to God, eventually he will bring us together and tell us the same things. And that's what he's doing in this story. Joseph, Joseph is hurt, and he wants to 
walk away, which is what we want to do. When we get hurt, we want to walk away from God. We ask the question, God, how could you let this happen to me? Every time I've ever asked that question, and I have asked that question, I literally get a picture of Jesus on the cross, and, 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 I get, and I'm like, oh, how could, I, how could I do that to him? It's a better question. But, but what happens is, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, appeared to him in a dream, so he goes to sleep, so he's in a, he's in a state of darkness, and that's oftentimes when God speaks to us is when we're in a state of darkness. Speaks to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Same thing Mary told him, but it's coming through, through an angel in a dream. Different methods, okay? And she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph got hurt. But the name of Jesus literally brought healing into his life. And I'm speaking to every hurt person in the room or watching online right now. Healing begins with the name of Jesus. It begins with the acknowledgement that I need you and it begins with the acknowledgement of leaning into other people who are walking with Jesus. That's the way we heal. Let me just say this. I hadn't said this in the other services, but I'm, I just, just, just to let you know, this is a safe place to heal. And the reason I say that is in order to get healed, you've got to admit that you're messed up. This is a safe place to admit that you're messed up. Let me go ahead and set the table for everybody. I'm messed up. And I'm the pastor. Some are like, I know, you cussed during the welcome. Oh, it's way worse. <laughs> the third thing that Jesus brings, the name of Jesus brings, is, is life. And if you grew up in church, if you grew up in church, life and Christianity are two things you did not associate. In fact, you, if you went to church as a child, or as an adult, they're, they're, you've walked out of church and you've, you've looked at, at the person you went with and said, do I do anything right? Because I feel like I just got beat up. Spirit. You, ever, you ever feel like you got in a boxing match? That's why I saw a lot of people quit going to church. I, I remember I used to go to a church where the pastor had a breathing problem. You know what I'm talking about? Because after every sentence, he would put a ha on the end. Y'all need to get your life right. Uh, need to walk with Jesus. Uh, Jesus? Uh? You have a brother? In fact, this is the sermon that some of y'all got. I love doing this. I do this about once every other year. If you haven't heard this, I wrote this myself. Thank you very much. Just stay with me and play along and nobody will get hurt. Here we go. D-E-V-I-L spells what? That's right. Some of y'all walking with the devil. You're listening to the devil's music. You're drinking the devil's brew. You're smoking the devil's lettuce. <laughs> and you're not in Colorado, so it's not even legal. <laughs> and if you walk with the devil long enough, you take the D off, you got what? 
you're evil. You're evil. You're evil people. All of you are evil. You're just evil when you walk with the devil. He makes you evil. And some of y'all enjoy that evil so much. And if you take the E off of evil, it makes you, some of y'all just vile. You're just vile. You're just vile in your sins. You're just vile in your trepidations. What is a trepidation? You're just vile in your trepidations. And if you stay vile long enough, you take the V off, it'll make you you're ill. It's the reason you're so sick is because you're living in sin. And eventually you take the I off and you get what? That's where you're going. You can use that on friends and family members for Christmas. It'll be a lot of fun, all right? But that's, that's the message that some of us grew up with. It's, 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 there's no life. In fact, we come to church and we get challenged with things that we can't do. I remember in the 90s, there was this thing, um, and it was very popular. It was very popular. In fact, I was involved in it. We all had bracelets, and the bracelet said WWJD. Remember that? What would Jesus do? The only reason I wore that bracelet was to look godly because very rarely did I choose to do what Jesus would do. Because I know enough of the Bible to just excuse myself. You're on a date. What would Jesus do? He didn't date. I guess it's up to me. <laughs> Had a guy tell me one time, you know why Jesus was perfect? Nope, he was never married. <laughs> all the men laughed, all the women didn't think that was funny, all right? What would Jesus do? I, that's a terrifying question. How many times, for example, th th there are things that we don't know. Like last week, a lady pulls out in front of me. I blow my horn, she gives me the middle finger. What would Jesus do? He would love her, would he? We have no scriptural reference of Jesus getting stuck in traffic. But I can, listen, I know enough of the Bible, I can say, well, you know what? Jesus, in a couple places, turned over some tables because he was mad. I drive a Tundra, she's in a Prius. I'm about to become like Jesus and turn her butt over. All right? I, I, like, we can dance around now. Now, all of us ultimately know that's not what Jesus would have done. But at the end of the day... There are people in this room that, that life, life is something that we feel like we could have had, but I know too much about my past to really experience life. I know too much about the things I've wanted to do. I know too much about the things that I've done and gotten away with to experience life. And, and there's some people in this room that think life is something for other people, but I've sinned too much and I've made too many mistakes and I've screwed up way too much. But at the end of the day, Jesus came and died on a cross and rose from a grave so that we could have life. And let me tell you what life is. We've been told it, that, that forgiveness is like we owe the bank $5 million. And so we go down to the bank to try to pay $5 million, and probably most of us couldn't pay $5 million to the bank. And if you could, stop by the first-timers there. I'd like to give you a hoodie. We've got to pay for this building, all right? So I'm just, I'm just saying. But let's say we couldn't pay $5 million. We walk in, and we, 
we're trying to work out a deal with a banker, and the, and the banker says, um, it's funny that you're here. Somebody was just here, and um, they, they paid your debt. Now, I'm just asking a question. If you owed the bank $5 million and you went in, and somebody paid your debt, would you walk out of the bank a happy person? Yes or no? Yeah, I would be kind of excited. But worried at the same time. Because I racked up $5 million worth of debt. I could probably do it again. How am I going to live? How am I going to operate? How am I going to make sure? But the banker goes, hey, before you leave, before you leave, now this is grace, this is forgiveness. I'm about to explain it to you. The banker goes, before you leave, not only did he pay off your $5 million, he went ahead and deposited $25 million so you won't have to worry about it anymore. That's salvation. That's grace. Jesus paid it all. And when we understand that we're forgiven and free, I'm talking for past, present, future sins, when we understand forgiveness, we can have life. That's why Matthew said in Matthew 2, verse 1, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. In other words, what God said was going to happen, happened. Jesus came to life so that you and I could have life. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Pastor P, don't tell people that their past sins and their future sins are forgiven because they'll go out and just live however they want. No, sir, no, ma'am. Once you understand grace and how truly amazing it is, we don't live how we want. We go, you know what? If you did that for me, I'm going to live how you want. Jesus promised life, abundant life. And his name brings power. His name brings healing. His name brings life. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. What does he steal, kill, and destroy? He steals our joy. He steals our peace. He steals our hope. But Jesus said, but, but I have come that they, which means all of us, they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus didn't die on a cross and rise from the dead so that we could merely endure life. He did it so that we could enjoy life. Jesus. The name of Jesus. What Christmas is all about. His name is power. His name is healing. His name is life. Father, right now, over every single person in this place and watching online. I speak the name of Jesus. Every circumstance and situation, you know what it is. You know what we need. I pray that you would meet us in this place. Take us where we need to be. In your name I pray. Jesus, I want to thank you right now that your name is power, and your name is healing, and your name is life. And I want to pray for every single person here, Jesus, who we just need you to do a work in us. God, I'm praying for the impossible for somebody in this room. And God, you, if, you, if you brought a baby out of a virgin, then you can, you can pretty much do anything. So with the heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're that person that you just need the power of Jesus to work in your life, understand it's going to be 
awesome and uncomfortable, but it's going to ultimately work out for the good. Maybe you just need to just tell Jesus. You need to tell him right now, Jesus, I want you to do that work in me. I want your power at work in me. Maybe you're here and you need healing. You're hurt. You've been hurt. You're carrying hurt. You've allowed hurt to identify you too long. You need to move from hurt to healing. And your first step is right now just to tell Jesus, I, Jesus, I am hurt. I need for you to heal. Start a healing in me, Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you've never, you've, you don't have life because you've never asked Jesus to come into your life. You've never given your life to Jesus. You never trusted him for your salvation. And you know that's the step you need to take today. If you're here today and you know you need to pray and ask Jesus to come into your life, then right where you stand right now, I just want you to pray this prayer in your heart to Jesus. Just, just pray this prayer in your heart. Just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sin. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Come in and take over. Be my King and Lord. With heads still bowed and eyes still closed, if you just prayed that prayer, if you just prayed and asked Jesus to come into your life, I want you to do me a huge favor. I'm going to count to three, and when I hit three, I want you to put your hand up in the air. And the reason I want you to put your hand up in the air is because I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you and pray that you would walk out of here with that life, knowing that that life is in you. So if you just prayed to receive Christ, when I get to three, just put your hand straight up in the air. One, two, three. Hands straight up in the air. If you pray to amen, 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 amen. All over the room, all over the room, all over the room. And online, do the hand raise emoji. All, all over the room. Father, I want to thank you for lifted hands. I want to thank you, God, for the salvation, for all everything going on in the universe. You literally took time to be here with us and specifically to speak life into everyone who had their hands raised, God, that prayed to receive you. Father, I pray that they would walk out of here knowing, Jesus, that in you they can overcome anything that comes their way. Father, I want to thank you for the power that's available in you. Jesus, you rose from the grave and you said that same Holy Spirit that brought you from the grave lives in us and so may we walk in that freedom. Jesus, may we walk in your healing knowing that you can help us overcome anything that comes. There's not, a, there's not an addiction. There's not a power that can overcome us. In you, we can overcome the world. That's your promise to us. So Jesus, as we walk out of here, may we walk out of here with hope and peace and joy restored and no longer canceled. Not because of who you are, not because of who we are, but because of who you are. You are greater and higher than anyone or anything that comes against us. We love you, Jesus. We ask this in your name. Everybody that agreed said amen, amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Hope you guys have a great Christmas. We'll see you back here January 2nd.